are really thrilled to have Chris and Tina Spicer back with us today. They were our teaching pastors. Yep. For those who don't know, they were our teaching pastors here at Riverside until how many years ago? Four and a half years ago, and then they went back to England. And, uh, well, actually, if they hadn't gone, they would have kicked them out. But the thing is, they went back to England, and that was our sad loss. But we are thrilled that they're back here today. Stand up, Chris and Tina. Now give them a proper Riverside welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome. Uh, It's just great to be back at Riverside and to share the word. But as I said in first service, thanks so much. You fixed the place up since I was last here. You know, (laughs) thank you for all. No, okay, it's just a bit of humor, don't you? You'll get used to it. I'm just rambling on a little bit. You can get used to me again. Uh, I've already had the greetings. You've still got your hair. Um, You put on a few pounds, they're all true, Um, but it's good to be here. And I'd like to, before I come into the Word, to pray, because I'm here because I want to share God's Word with you. Heavenly Father, we, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you will speak to each and every one of us this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this house. Have your way. We pray the will of God will be done here. On earth as in heaven, let your will be done, Heavenly Father, because we hallow your name. But we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to start this morning with a very simple equation. And the equation simply is this what I believe affects how I behave, and ultimately, what I become. What I believe. The mindset I have, the attitude I have, affects how I behave. And ultimately, it's going to affect what I become. To put that into a biblical context, it would be Proverbs 23, 17, the NSB translation that says, As a man or woman thinks within themselves, so they are. As a man or woman thinks within themselves, you've missed the hands, haven't you? Come on, be honest. You've missed the hands. (laughs) As a man or woman thinks within themselves, so he or she is. I want to turn in a moment to give you a backdrop to where I'm going to the book of Joshua. But before I turn to that chapter, chapter 6, I'd like to give you a bit of background history to where we're going in the book of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 6, we find the story of God's people, the children of Israel. And if you know anything of the biblical text, you will know the story is that God brings this nation, maybe two, three million people, out of a place called Egypt where they had been uh, enslaved for something like 400 years, and he brought them out with one sole intention. And he repeats this throughout the New Testament. He says, I bring you out in order to bring you in. 
He's bringing them into a land, a promised land, a piece of real estate, a land of which they were going to live in. It was a land that was so prosperous they used the the kind of terminology of flowing with milk and honey. It wasn't literally, but that was the kind of terminology Eastern philosophy would understand. This is going to be rich territory. I'm bringing you out in order to bring you in. I'm going to read from Joshua chapter 6, but I just want to say that they have come to this point in their journey when they are on the edge of possessing the promise of God. And you here, and myself included this morning, and I believe not only individually but corporately, throughout the Western world, we could potentially say the church is on the edge of possessing the promises that have been given to us down the centuries. We could be the generation that goes into all that God has promised for his end time church. Because Stephen in the book of Acts, he calls this nation, this nation in transit, he says they are the church in the wilderness. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he said all that happened to them The children of Israel in their journeying happened as an example to us upon whom the ends of the age have come. I'd like to think I'm in the ends of the age. I'm liking to think that God's about to wrap this whole thing up. I'm about, I'd love to think that I will see Jesus return, his kingdom established on earth as I believe he wants to do, that I will not be taken a pass from this life, but I will see him come. I'd love to see that happen. And so, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to go to Joshua chapter 6, because this is deja vu. This nation had been here before. Forty years earlier, God had brought them right to the edge of possessing their promises, but they failed to go in because of a mindset, a belief system that stopped them. Then it was giants, now it's going to be walls, walls. Then it was giants and the mindset was, they are bigger than us. Yes, they are. But a guy called Joshua and his sidekick, Caleb, said, they will be bread to us. That may be a problem, but I'm not going to groan in the problem, I'm going to grow in the problem. Now, you know, today that's not necessary to say because none of us groan or none of us moan. It's just not a thing we do. We got rid of that years ago. It went out, you know, it's out of fashion. We just see every problem and we grow in the problem. It becomes bread to us and we possess the promise of God. So here they are. It's not giants this time, it's walls. Now Jericho, verse 1, chapter 6 of Joshua. Jericho was shut up inside and outside because the people Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel none went out and none came in and the Lord said to Joshua see I have given Jericho into your hands that sounds such a contradiction see I have given Jericho into your hand And its kings and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. All the men of war go around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. 
Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast with ram's horns, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, when, uh, then all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city will fall down flat, and you will go up and possess it. They are facing gargantuan pieces of masonry. Reckoned to be something like 50 foot tall, two tiers, a wall and then a piece of ground and then another wall. It is gargantuan. This is a big problem. They're faced with impossibility. It is a wall to go into all that God had promised. They had to find a breakthrough to get through the wall. And I believe that so often there are walls within our minds that keep us out of the promises of God. We have opinions. We raise up arguments. In fact, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he said, "You, there are arguments and opinions raised up against the incoming word of God. I didn't say this in first service, but I want to say it now. I believe God wants to baptize you in his word. I believe God wants to soak you, saturate you, that you are so thoroughly overwhelmed with his word that you're soaked in the word of God. But so often we can build up resistance to God's incoming word and the mind argues against what God is saying. When Paul talks about raising up arguments and opinions that raise themselves up, he's thinking in his own terminology of a wooden ship where there is the flat deck and the hull comes around the, the ship, it raises itself up above the deck. And so you have this piece of wooden decking or hull that raises itself up and it stops the waves coming over and submerging the boat. Paul says your mindset, your believing, your arguments, your opinions, they are raised up because I want to flood you with my word, but you're arguing against God's truth. There are walls that keep us out. There are also walls that keep us in. The walls that kept the children of Israel out were keeping the people of Jericho in. Now this doesn't happen here and I'm almost, I don't really think I need to say this because it's probably old hat to you, but some Christians get upset. You know, it's, I know, it's just silly to say it. it, never happens around here, this is, but some people get upset. They get an offense, what the Bible talks about as an offense, Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong fortified city. Proverbs 18, 19. And what happens is someone says something to you and you get upset. Now this doesn't happen to you, so take it down for a piece of note work that may help you in counseling someone else who does get upset because you know, you're not the kind, or someone doesn't say anything to you. Didn't speak to me this morning. He walked straight by me and ignored me. 
I don't think I'm coming anymore. In fact, if I do come, I'm going to sit right at the back and I'll come in and go out. I'm just so upset they didn't talk to me. You can be offended by something's done or not done. And the, the offense creates a wall of resentment, of resistance, of judge. You become judgmental and you start to reject others. And it becomes a wall that's not keeping others out so much as keeping you locked up, keeping you in. And whatever walls that you are created in your mind or, or in your thinking this morning, it may not be philosophical walls, it may not be those thought walls, it may be a physical wall, it may be a social wall, it may be a health wall, it may be a financial wall, but I believe God wants to make a breakthrough. I believe in the God of breakthrough. I actually do believe God's still on the throne and he's okay. I chatted with him this morning and it's okay. God's still in control. He's still on the throne. He's still going to do his will. He's still going to break in and he's going to have his way no matter what. Listening to Sasha, you know Europe is facing some huge crises and the only answer is for God and his kingdom. God and his kingdom. And I said this again before, and please understand me when I say this. You are probably 10 years behind some of the things we're facing right now. And I pray by God's grace you don't face them. Because if some things don't change in my nation, preaching the gospels are going to become very hard. Very, very, very hard. But I'm believing in a God who's still in control. The earth is still the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He's still the sovereign King of King and Lord of all lords and all governments. So what they will do, he still owns the, the ultimate government. He still has the governance of the whole earth. But if we're going to see breakthrough, we need something. And what we need is faith. We need faith. Now, if I was in some sort of secular training session, or this was a timeout, or it was a half-time score, I'd probably want to change your perception and change your attitude and change your way of thinking. And I'd t- start talking about positive thinking, having a different mindset. I'd probably talking about what it means to, to, to face opposition and maybe mention names like Mandela or, or talk about Armstrong or Kari or, or Columbus or Edison and talk about Ford. But I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm not talking about human optimism. I'm talking about faith. Faith. The Bible says, Hebrews 11, 1, Amplified Bible. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of all of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of the reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith, faith, faith. Faith that is indestructible, indescribable, incomprehensible. The trust, the confidence, the assurance that is beneath our feet that says no matter what, God is still in control. God is still in control. I'm talking about a trust in a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we ask or think. God thinks bigger than you and I. He has a bigger framework of reference than you and I. 
He doesn't limiting him. He doesn't limit himself to the way we think. He can do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask or think. How does he do it? According to the power. And the power is the power of the person of the Holy Spirit. The power that works within us. I'm talking about a faith, a trust, a knowing that says with man this is impossible but with God all things are possible. I don't want them but sometimes impossibilities come knocking on your door. Sometimes we face things that are so impossible and we say God unless you turn up I'm lost and I wonder whether God says hooray hooray you're actually calling on me I need you God well I've always been here we need the faith the trust Because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. And God wants to submerge us in His Word. And sometimes we build up arguments, walls that keep us out and stop the Word coming in. Sometimes we allow offenses to build up walls that don't keep us out, but they lock us in. We need a faith. We need a faith that faces the facts. A faith that faces the facts. I'm not talking about believism. The devil believes. I'm not talking about optimism. I'm not talking about blind faith. Blind faith will ignore, try to ignore what's true. You know, some people who get into the extreme elements of faith go around with a cast on their leg and you say, have you broke your leg? No. I'm refusing to accept it. Don't be ridiculous. You've broken your leg. No. Faith faces the facts. I'm not talking about blind faith that tries to ignore things. You look at your bank balances. Oh, I'm ignoring that. If I don't look at it, it will go away. It won't. You've got symptoms. Get them sorted. We need to have a biblical faith that isn't scared of the facts. You see, biblical faith, divine faith, isn't shy of facing the reality. Oh, I love the kind of faith that says that may be true, but this is truth. That may be true, but that's the truth. I may not be feeling too good And I'm going to do all I possibly can to help myself. But ultimately, I'm looking to God, who is the Jehovah healer. My finances may not be as they ought to be, but I'm looking to God, Jehovah Jireh, who is my ultimate provider. I love Abraham, the biblical Abraham. He just does this for me. He has faith that faces the facts. You read about Abraham in Romans 4, it says, Now he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. I think 
a hundred years old and get the news that you're going to be a dad. I think, oh Lord. <laughs> I'm in my late sixties and I've got seven grandkids and, and I love them all. But they've been there for about three hours. I'm thinking it's time to go. <laughs> I love you all, but please. And if they're watching this, I love you kids. <laughs> Tina wants them there permanently. I'm thinking, oh no, oh no. He's a hundred and he gets this news. But the reality is, it says he considers his own body as good as dead. What's he doing? He's looking at the natural and saying, naturally speaking, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And making that leap of faith sometimes is a quantum leap of faith. Sometimes it's a gargantuan step. But we're saying, God, this is reality. This is where it's at. I'm not shying away from this. I'm not scared by it. This is what the reality is. But I'm going to live over here. That's reality. But I'm putting my trust. I'm placing my confidence in God because I want a faith that faces the facts. But we need a faith that faces the facts but focuses on God. Focuses on God. We're talking about a divine faith, a trust, a confidence, an assurance that when we face walls of opposition, if we are going to see a breakthrough personally and corporately, when we're facing walls of opposition, We need a breakthrough. I'm reading again, Joshua 6. Now Jericho was shut up inside and out, outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given you Jericho. And I'm right there, I'm saying, hang on a minute. It's all shut up. How is it mine? You've got to see by faith. Hebrews 11 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down. See, I have given you Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of rams, horns before the ark. And on the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. And when they make a long blast... With the ram's horns, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then shall the people shout with a great shout. Now, you have to understand this shout. It's it's not just an issue of volume. It's the teruah. It's the Hebrew shout. that It's the kind of shout that the armies gave when the battle was won. It's the kind of shout that you give when the, the game is complete. Your side has won. They're going to shout before any stonework has moved. They're going to shout. This is a faith shout. But before the shout, there's going to be a season of silence. And the men of valor are going to walk for six days in silence. Now for charismatics, this would be very hard. But I think God had something in this. Because he knew the way we are. Because if they were chatting to each other, they would probably say, as they walked around on day one, round the walls, dumb idea this. 
What do you think? This new kid on the block, Joshua, he ain't got much of an idea. An army walking around a wall. I wonder when the mighty men got home for dinner and they talked around the meal table and, and uh, the wife said, had a good day, honey? What you done today? Walked. What did you see? Walls. You feeling good? No. Are you feeling godly? I'm feeling giddy. I'm going round and round and round and round. I believe they're on a journey of faith. I believe God wants them to see something. That when they shout, they're shouting with faith. Faith comes by hearing. They need to hear the word of God that sinks into their spirit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And they need to shout with a shout of conviction. Not just volume. We can shout with volume, but some of our volume can be very empty. Some of our silence can be so precious that it's just God on earth. It's not the volume that is often necessary. It's the knowledge that I am, what I'm doing, I'm doing on the basis of God's word. And maybe day one, they went around the walls, went home. What did you see? Walls. Day two, round the walls. What did you see? Walls. Day three, day four. What did you see? Walls. All I saw was walls. And then maybe, I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us and I'm just surprised. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it. (laughs) Supposing. Maybe day five or six, there was kind of a different atmosphere. Do you know you need an atmosphere of faith? You need a culture of faith, and that sometimes takes the time to change a culture. To create an atmosphere of faith. I wonder whether one day, Zacharias or whatever his name was, I'm just making it up, came home and he came home excited. Whoa, you come home excited. This is new. What did you see today? Did you see any walls? Yes. What else did, what else did you see? I saw a window. I saw, a, well, there's loads of windows. Ah, not this one. This one was different. What was different about it? He said, in the wall, I saw a window. And outside the window was a scarlet cord. He said, I've heard the story of a woman called Rahab. Yes, she had a questionable, she has a questionable past. She is a prostitute. But this woman hid the spies. She actually hid the spies She actually made a way of escape for the spies. And she said to them, how much? She said, for, she said, for the Lord, your God, he is the God in heavens, in the heavens and above and of the earth beneath. She was a believer and she wanted to be saved, set free, delivered, kept in the, the, the attack that was coming. And so they told her to lower a scarlet cord. And all that dwelt in the house where the scarlet cord was would be saved. Okay, I'm bringing this into land now. Every wall of opposition, by God's grace, can frame a window of opportunity. I say that again. Every wall of opposition 
can frame a window of opportunity. You are facing a wall personally this morning. Within that wall, this could be your window of opportunity. This could be the morning of breakthrough. This could be the moment in which God brings you through to what he's promised you. You say, well, I've been waiting. I've been asking God for years, but this hasn't happened. You see, he says, by faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who disobeyed. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell um, after they had been encircled for seven days. Whatever you're facing this morning, I believe that this could be the window of opportunity that God could give you the breakthrough. You who have been facing a wall of opposition within your family to the good news of Jesus Christ, I want a window of opportunity to come to you today. As they looked at that scarlet cord, maybe or maybe not, they understood the redemptive line of the blood of Jesus Christ, the bloodline that goes throughout the whole of Scripture. They understood how blood sacrifices would cause them to find release from the guilt of sin. They understood what red would mean. Maybe they didn't understand fully. But I want to say to you this morning that by the grace of God, the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross has made a window of opportunity. You may raise up your wall of, op- of, uh, of opinions and arguments against the incoming word, but God is still able to transform lives. Even Rahab, in all of her history and her background, and in all of her questionable behavior, God saved her. God delivered her. And you this morning can have a window of opportunity. Say, God, I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. But some of you are facing other walls. It may be a social wall. It may be a relational wall. It may be a financial wall. I don't know what it is. But you are feeling, I'm here. And what I believe the life God has called me to live is there. I need a breakthrough. I need a faith that sees through the wall, that sees beyond the wall. I need a faith that faces the facts. But not only faces the facts, but a faith that says I'm focusing on God. He is the only one that can make the change. Thank God for church, thank God for Christianity, but ultimately it's you and God. It's you and God. You and God. You and God. You and God. So, I'd like the band to come back, please. And I'm going to pray. They sang a song earlier on, Bring the Walls Down by Your Spirit. And I'd like some walls to be broken down this morning. I'm sharing this because, as I said in first, first service, three and a half years ago, God gave me this word to bring here. And it may be for only one person, but I know someone in this place is going to get a breakthrough this weekend they've been looking for for years. That could be you. And for some of you, you feel like the children of Israel... You're going round this thing once again, not again. Just going round in circles, round in circles, round in circles. 
Can I tell you, Christianity can be like that. It's called religion. It's called religion. You get into a rut. And a rut is just a shallow grave where you die spiritually. And if you're honest with yourself, coming here this morning, it's just, it's just really a bit of a routine. It's what you do. It's not how it's supposed to be. You need a breakthrough philosophically that God would change your thinking and say, God, I want a new spark of life within my Christianity. I'm tired of just going through the motions. I want to be filled afresh with your spirit. Some of you that are relational walls that have been built up and you're struggling. You are really struggling. I believe God can break through those walls, show you a window of opportunity. For the parent here this morning that's been looking for a way to share the good news with their child, I want to tell you God is going to give you a window of opportunity the likes of which you never thought of before. Stop battering your child with, with biblical facts. Embrace them with the love of Christ. Tell them they are loved unconditionally, that no matter what they say or do, you will always love them. Show them the gospel of Jesus Christ in how you live day by day. And though you don't agree with what they do, love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. Because God has got some rebellious kids of His own and He's still loving them. Still loving them. So you need a breakthrough. As this song is sung, I want you to come and stand here. And we're going to pray God will give you the breakthrough you need this morning. Amen. I'd like to pray with you, young lady. I'm not sure what your name is. But why, I just feel that there are so many doubts coming your way. So many doubts. It's like rain raining down on you and you're getting saturated in doubt. And I, I really feel God has given you an umbrella of faith that you need to put up that umbrella and kind of allow the doubt to wash over you and not affect you as it's been affecting you. Now, in all of these things that I say, you need to weigh them. You just If they fit, they fit. But if they don't fit, then just discard them. There's a whole series of death that have come. I pray, Lord, that the truth of Jesus Christ will come, will overwhelm you, will just change the way you think, that as you behave, as you believe, will affect how you behave and ultimately what you become. Lady, I just know that you're asking God for a word. But I believe every day that you get up, as you read your word and open your Bible, God will speak to you. It's not events like this that you necessarily need to come to. I believe God will open his word to you and speak to you every day as the verses just are illuminated by the power of the Spirit. A couple behind you, I'm not sure the couple here. Father, I pray you will bring breakthrough whatever is the situation in this this these two people standing here that lord you will bring breakthrough in jesus name the wall that has been built up brick by brick year by year season by season lord that has even become hardened we pray that you will penetrate that wall and you will break it and there will be an invasion of truth through your word now all of you need to 
Ask God to give you the faith that faces the facts, but focuses on God. Faith that faces the facts and focuses on God. Amen. Sir, I don't know what your name is or what your situation is. But you ain't anywhere yet to where God wants to take you. You get very excited and you get thrilled about all that God has done for you and in you and through you. <laughs> Understand this, you're, that's a kindergarten to the university of the Spirit you're yet to go to. There is an elevating God wants to bring into your life and you need to just bow as it were the knee and say, Jesus, have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. Let me fulfill the destiny for which I was called. There have been things in your life that have tried to stop the destiny of God. And I'm praying, Lord, that those things will stop right now. They will stop. Father, for all of these that stand before you, I pray, breakthrough will come. Let the walls be broken down by your Spirit. Let them move into their destiny and the promises of God. Lord, there is a land you brought us out in order to bring us in. We want to move into the land that's flowing with milk and honey, the sweetness of the Spirit. We want the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be seen in our life. We want the strength of your Spirit to be seen in us, that His ability will be our ability. Break down every wall, Lord, any offense that has created a war, I pray that that will be destroyed, that your will will be done. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We are closing up now. You are free to go. We're going to continue to minister to these people. And we will pray that God will do His work. God bless you. Have a great day.